stat of the day. Tim Lincecum is not good right now. <laughs> not sure if that's a stat. That's Wait. not a stat. All right, here's a stat. Here's a stat. <laughs> that's opinion of the day. Tim Lincecum has allowed nine first-inning runs this year. He allowed eight last year. And our other stat of the day, Troy Tulowitzki committed his fourth error last night. He committed six in 2011. But that's less of a concern than Tim Lincecum. It's our Fantasy Baseball Podcast on Tuesday, April 17th. Adam Azer, Al Melchior, Nando Defino. Want to remind you to check out Fantasy Baseball 360 every weeknight on CBSSports.com at 5 p.m. Eastern. One hour of Fantasy Baseball talk for you. All right, let's start out with Tim Lincecum. We'll take your emails later at FantasyBaseball at CBSInteractive.com. Al, your thoughts on Lincecum. Well, let's, uh, I thought you were going to ask me for the panic meter. <laughs> yeah, why don't we recap last week, right? We yep. came on after he had his terrible start. You gave him an 8 on the panic meter out of 10. Yep. Scott gave him a 7.5. The next day, we did 1 through 13 because it was Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. You gave him a 5? I think so, yeah. And Nando gave him a 6.5. And you revised your opinion now because you did some research. Mm-hmm. You saw some more encouraging signs. But you said, I'm still a little bit worried. All right. 1 through 10. We'll go back to 10. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you Fine. right now? Uh, I'd say still the 4.5. Oh, okay. Not that worried. a little, little higher, but you know, I'm not going to throw out everything that I said on on Friday because of this start. But I do have to be a little bit more panicked because it was another bad start. Nando, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too too out there right now, but I'm going to go like 4.9. You know how they say like that theory <laughs> that men men are 51 percent you know masculine and then 49 percent feminine. That I've never heard that. It's a strange theory. I've heard it before. But anyway, okay. the point is that uh, that. Um, what I really want is, is uh, I am a little more on the buy low side than worried about Lincecum possibly being injured. I don't think it's a performance thing. Obviously, it's not a skill thing. I think I'd rather buy low, just a little bit, just by just a little bit, I'd buy low on Lincecum. The worry's still there, but the buy low feeling is overwhelming it just by a little bit. So is that your, yeah, is that your feminine side? No, that's well. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, I'm, I'm 51% buy low. I'm gotcha. 49% worried. Okay, so that's that's how I'm looking side. at Tim Lincecum right now. Well, the San Francisco Chronicle talked about uh, his velocity and said the, his velocity did not seem to be the primary problem. His defense let him down when Angel Pagan failed to track down a fly ball to right center, and then Lincecum appeared to lose composure. This was all in the first inning. His fastball lacked deceptive movement, and he had trouble controlling his usually artful off-speed stuff. His slider... I thought this was important now. Mm-hmm. His slider, originally mothballed to protect his arm early in the season, returned to the repertoire with increasing effectiveness as the game progressed. Uh, progressed, But early, Lincecum put several pitches in the dirt and generally failed to fool the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, that's some, some good analysis there. I think you're right. I think the reintroduction of the slider probably is critical and might explain some of the, the earlier problems that Lincecum had. And, you know, him maybe losing his cool, too. That, that sort of fits because with the second start, um, you know, we were able to identify it was basically a bad inning. I think even a bad partial inning for Lincecum. Same thing here. He was a lot better after the first inning in this game, but he was awful in the first inning. Um, but, you know, you can only blame uh, Pagan so much. You can, you know, only blame others so much because um, the consistent thing with Lincecum is that when he's getting hit hard, it's not like, you know, bloop singles. I mean, he's yeah. getting hit really hard. And he was mostly throwing in the low 90s. So he ended up giving up five runs in six innings with six strikeouts. Again, the strikeouts are good. Nando, and then I'll ask you, Al, what should Lincecum owners do right now? I, I don't think you should trade him if you own him. I think possibly you think about, well, if you're starting him this week, you're starting him anyway for the two starts. 
so you're stuck with him. Yes. But watch us closely and just like look for the things that Al is, you know, and you were saying too, like the little encouraging signs. I mean, maybe this is just a quick aberration for three games. He does go through streaks of where he gets hammered, but usually it's been like a game and a half, two games stretched. I haven't seen it really. If you go through all his game logs, three games I don't think has really happened yet. Uh, well, it has, and Adam's actually the one who raised this uh, show or two ago um, that there was a stretch uh, late in 2010. Uh, that was it, was, it was pretty much the whole month. Yep, he was terrible. So there is a bit of a precedent from this, and he did rebound in September. So that's, I think that experience that he had um, and that experience as a fantasy owner is what makes me not totally panicky about this and i don't put him in quite the same class as say a francisco liriano um you know who has such a long history of just crazy inconsistency plus health problems so you know with lincecum i would definitely even if you if you're in a daily league i would give him one more start this week and as nando said if you're in a weekly league you're, you're stuck with them anyway for the second start and then you know let's let's see what happens there because i i'm not even at the point yet where i would say bench him for week four but maybe if he is awful in his second start uh, I'll have a change of heart at that point. One last point I wanted to make, and I can't take credit for this one, because I was talking to uh, our fantasy football writer, Jamie Eisenberg, earlier this morning, and Jamie made, I don't even know if he was serious about it, but it was kind of a good point. He said, well, maybe there's a reason that the Giants have given long-term deals to Matt Cain and now Madison Bumgarner, and they haven't done that with Tim Lincecum. Maybe they know something that we don't know yet. Yeah, um, you read anything into that? Or yeah, that I, Jamie I, Eisenberg's a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, he didn't even say it like that. He, you know, he kind of mentioned it almost like in jest, and I was like, actually, that's kind of a good point. Think about it. I, I, yeah, and I have thought about it. I haven't really looked into it though, because I don't know. You know, again, in terms of. Uh, what that means and how much money that the Giants might save with those other guys in, in arbitration years, you know, versus like how that would play out with Lincecum. Yeah. I have a feeling economics may be as big, if not a bigger factor than any concerns they have about Lincecum's health or, or decline. But uh, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. What about the flip side of that? Maybe Lincecum's seeing all these guys get these extensions. He's like, well, screw, screw you, Giants. I'll just throw 90. I mean, I'm not suggesting oh, that he would do that. Who's the conspiracy theorist He's still playing for a contract. B. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is, but I mean, you're playing for a contract. You won the Cy Young Award twice. I don't think you have much more to prove, really. You always have He's something won it to twice, prove, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, uh, rest of the season, Lincecum or Matt Garza? Uh, that was close before this start. Oh, it was. Yeah, I think I think Garza doesn't get the the, the respect he's deserved, but I think with this now, um, you know. You can't. Nothing's in a vacuum. Lincecum's definitely a more buy low candidate. So if I had them both, I'd rather have Garza. But right now, if I wanted to pick one up, I think Lincecum you can get for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, if I had Lincecum and somebody offered me Garza, I actually would not take it. But again, really? but you know, five days from now, I might I might be a different story. <laughs> you might have blown your <laughs> Lincecum, chance. Lincecum, Lincecum my turns chance, it yeah. around. Lincecum turns it around. You could get like a, a Garza and say like a Lorenzo Kanish kind of guy exactly. for Lincecum. Exactly. You're, That's you're why selling. I do yeah. It. Yeah. But I, I agree. Gar, Gars is already pretty close. Someone offers you Hugh Darvish for Tim Lincecum. No. Because uh, you obviously value him much much less than... Right. I mean, I think what Darvish has done, I mean, the results have been a little bit better, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's not been that good either. Exactly. I just, I know people, some people are going to give up on Tim Lincecum, and it's somewhat understandable. I mean, let's be honest here. All right, let's move on. Three up, three down. We'll do the rotation. Not too many injuries for you today, and we have most added and most dropped and your emails a little bit later. You can follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy BB, at Al Melk CBS, Al M E L C, at Nando CBS, N A N D O, at Adam Azer, A I Z E R, at CBS Scott White, and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. Three up number one, Chris Young. 
Chris Young is batting 405 right now. He batted 236 last season. Uh, he's not going to hit 405, but he said he adjusted his mechanics. Are you buying that he could have a good batting average this year? Uh, you know, we hear this stuff a lot. You know, I had LASIK surgery. I adjusted my mechanics. Uh, I've got a new delivery. Um, <laughs> to Chris Young's point, I, I think maybe there could be something there. I mean, he's already proven he can hit home runs and steal bases. Uh, the average has been the only thing that's holding people back from really bumping him up a couple rounds in drafts. Um, I'd, I'd like to buy it. I mean, his minor league numbers, if you look at it, his average is always decent. So, You feeling maybe like 280 this year, or is there a potential for a 300 hitter here? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. You know, like it's it's, it's a tough question. In. It I'm is sorry. a tough question, but I I wouldn't mind putting an over under on two seventy five and saying that's about exactly where I think you could go with the over or the under. Well, can, can we go in the way back machine or at least the one year back machine to uh, uh, <laughs> twenty early twenty eleven when uh, Jeff Francoeur had adjusted his mechanics and was not going to be the itchy impatient hitter he'd always been, and early on he was you know taking more pitches and you know hitting for a higher average and all that. And then by June, he was, he was uh, Jeff Brancourt again. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to wait it out with Young. But he is striking out a lot less. So there's, there's a little something there. Derek Jeter. I kind of wanted to get Scott on here because Scott kind of likes to trash Jeter a Al can do the Southern accent. <laughs> yeah, not very well. <laughs> Derek Jeter batting three seventy eight. He had his third home run last night. Seven RBIs, six runs scored. So he hit three twenty seven after the All-Star break last year. He's the number one head-to-head shortstop so far. Number two in Roto. Al, what do you think about Jeter? Are you buying this? Uh, not this. No, I'm, I'm buying that he could do, well, okay, you said hit 327. Can he be a top break. five shortstop this year? He can, but, you know, it's again, there's a chance, but I'm, I, I wouldn't bet on it, no. Okay. But I like I, how I, you I, mockingly I, do that, there's a chance. You <laughs> raised your head a little bit. You did, yeah. <laughs> almost rolled your eyes. <laughs> there's always That's a chance. Right. That's right. <laughs> I, need, I need to save that you know, body language for, for the 360, yeah. right, where people can, can <laughs> people see People are it. missing these gems. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, my question is, would you sell high on Derek Jeter? Can you sell high? I've got him in the podcast league, so this is a, a real-world uh, real fantasy question for me here. Uh, and I hadn't considered doing that, so... Uh, you know, but now that you mention it, it's probably worth testing the market. Okay. Yeah. National second baseman Steve Lombardozzi, three singles and a two-run double. He filled in for the struggling Danny Espinosa, and, you know, we like his potential. He's only owned in 2% of leagues, Nando. You, are you interested here? Yeah. Um, actually, one thing that, uh, that I liked during spring training was I believe they had him shagging some balls in the outfield. They put him in the outfield for a few games, and, you know, with Mike Morris gone, if Lombardozzi keeps hitting like this, uh, you know, why not? He cut into, you know, Xavier Nade, Xavier's Nady's playing time a little bit. And obviously filling in the infield, his natural position, I think, is second base. So uh, if he can also play in the outfield, why not? You know, uh, yeah. McGahee's playing first base, and they started him against an extreme, you know, gro- with an extreme ground ball pitcher, and they were banging balls to first base. I think people don't have fear of switching these positions anymore. All right, three down, three players trending down. Lucas Duda went 0 for 4. He's batting 189. He has only started in 65% of leagues. Are you concerned right now about Lucas Duda, Al? Uh, I don't think I have him in any leagues, but if I did, I'd probably keep him. Well, you know, I, I'd keep him in there if it were like a 14-team league. Be, you know, but I'd say in a, in a 10 or 12-team league, he's kind of a borderline guy anyway. So I wouldn't drop him, but I, I'd bench Duda right now. Adam Dunn down to 200 with 16 strikeouts in nine games. Is he back to being Adam Dunn from 2011? I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to do that poorly again, but uh, maybe somewhere in the middle, 2010 and 2011. 
Uh, he, but he's horrible right now. I mean, 200, and again, striking out almost twice a game. Yeah. And he's owning 86% of leagues. All it takes is a couple two-for-four games, and he's back up to like 270, though, you know, and Striking out means he's swinging for the seats. So you're hanging on to him right now? I'm hanging. I'm not starting him right. Well, I mean, in deeper leagues, I guess I'd, I'd still keep him as my utility or something, but I don't think I'm going to start him in, you know, if you got a 10-team league until he heats up. Okay. Uh, Neil Walker hitting 188 with three RBIs and one run scored. He's owning 87% of leagues. Is he droppable, Neil Walker? Uh, no, nah, I would say he's not droppable, um, but he, it, you know, another week or two he might be. The thing I'm encouraged with him is it's he doesn't strike out a lot yet. He's not striking out a lot, a lot yet, I should say. Um, and at this point, I mean, any stat, as Nando just pointed out, is suspect, you know, one or two games, and, you know, suddenly you've got great stats again. But I am trusting the strikeout and the walk rates a little more at this early stage than I am, say, BABIP, um, which fluctuates a lot more than those stats do anyway. And for Walker, this is all bad BABIP. So... It's it's too early to panic on him. Who would you rather own, Walker or Aaron Hill, who hit his third home run last night? Yeah, I'd rather have Walker. I'm still not trusting Hill. Uh, man, I, I like Aaron Hill. I think <laughs> you love I, power. What do you, you know what I'm going to answer. Why do you even look at me? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. But who, can, can we just have like tape-recorded Nando, for, <laughs> sampled Nando for like the staple easies button? Yeah. You, you just hit it and just, the Nando know. button. Yeah. How about Kelly Johnson or Aaron Hill is one that I was actually kind of struggling with the other day. Well, I think they the, were uh, traded for each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. A couple yeah. of franchises had that that question. So, what, what did you what did you go with? I don't know. It's like a tie right now. Yeah, I don't uh, know. maybe I, Aaron I, Hill. I'd take Kelly because of the more consistent power trend for him. Oh, coming around to power now. <laughs> I like it. Neil Walker or Jose Altuve? It's a little more difficult. <laughs> I, I think Altuve. Yeah, I love what Altuve's done so far. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, rotation time. What a nice afternoon game we had yesterday, Rays and Red Sox. And you get reminded that James Shields, on any given day, can be the best pitcher in baseball. He gets in his zone, and he went, I think, eight and a third yesterday. But I wanted to talk more about Daniel Bard, who's owned in 61% of leagues. He's 0-2, but six and two-thirds, four hits, seven strikeouts, and then there's that those seven walks. <laughs> But overall, I mean, watching the game, I thought he looked pretty darn good. What did you think about Daniel Bard? Yeah, uh, I did too. And up until the seventh inning, uh, I, you may recall I benched him in our podcast league, replaced him with <laughs> Hector Santiago. Oh, and guess who's playing out this yeah, I know. He's been talking about this for two days. It was great. He was all, you know, <laughs> putting Hector Santiago in there. This is before the game. And oh. yeah, Santiago's got minus one point so far. And, and Bard, even with those walks, and don't forget, took the loss too, 8.5 points, which is decent. Yeah. If you, you double that, that's, that's a nice week of production. And that uh, week of production is sitting on my bench right now. And I am playing out of this week with a with a lead but Al has three more pitcher starts than I do um coming up all right so anyway Bard I, I think his ownership rates will go up after this uh I'm not so sure but you know again you know in head to head you look on balance that was a that was a positive outing for him even with the loss and with with all the walks um I don't know I, it's funny because it's sort of the chatter around the office uh and even on Twitter a little bit I got more of a negative vibe yeah. uh, that you know, people were more focused on the wildness and, and him, you know, not finishing strong. But I agree with you that, uh, you know, for six innings, I was almost literally kicking myself. Wow. <laughs> Don't you remember? Like, <laughs> I would have kicked you. <laughs> at the end of that game. And I mean, this is not to def- I do, actually, yes, this is to defend Bard. Screw it. <laughs> the umpire. I mean, the whole thing, oh. those graphics yeah. of, of Fernando Rodney missing the three uh, pitches against Cody Ross. Mm hmm. You know, maybe people should be taking that a little more into account. Maybe the umpire was having a screwy strike zone with those seven walks that Bard had. Yeah, yeah well, you know. If, I'm if, not saying that's exactly what happened, but 
Yeah, if, if Rodney was getting strikes that far outside the strike zone, how far, how wild did Bard have to be <laughs> exactly. to walk seven guys? Yeah, on? that's the flip side to it. But I, I think watching the game, he looked good. Yeah, you know, he looked impressive. Um, he's got another start. He's another guy you're locked into for two starts. If you have, he's got the Yankees right. So, now that could be 16 points by the end of the week. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And of course, Hector Santiago blew his first save yesterday. But anyway, Dylan G, uh, one and one with a 2.92 ERA. He's owned in 16 percent of leagues. Two walks and 11 strikeouts this year. Dylan G or Jake Arrieta? Dylan G. Dylan G or Jeff Samarja? Dylan G. So that's crazy because Samarja is owned in so many more leagues. So Dylan G is Jeff Samarja without the hype. He really, I mean, he came up out of nowhere. He wasn't a top prospect. He wasn't, you know, like the, the Jonathan Nieces of the world. He just kind of came up and people were like, who's Dylan G? Where did he come from? And why do I keep getting confused with D. Gordon? Dylan G or Philip Umber, he's third in the rotation. Dylan G, man. I, Dylan G... Al pointed this out before, too. If you look at his minor league stats, he was a strikeout guy in the minors. Came up with the Mets and was more control, and now this, this is what we're supposed to see from him. Yep, uh, his only full season in AAA, uh, 28 starts, more than a strikeout per inning over the, that span. Um, also gave up a lot of home runs that year, which is why I don't like G as much as any of the guys uh, that Adam mentioned. Oh, really? Yeah. But, you know, yeah, uh, eight strikeouts per nine so far in his two starts this year. I mean, yeah, really small sample, hardly any walks. Um, and the ground ball rate is way up too. So yeah, something to something to look there. So you're G. telling me you'd go Umber, Arietta, Samarja all over Dylan G. Yeah, and actually in that exact order too. Umber, Arietta, Samarja. Okay, Umber's owned in 29 percent of leagues, so he's out there. He's available. Eric Bedard. Now uh, look, he's got a 2.65 ERA. He's pitching well. I think it's worth mentioning though that he's 0 3 Nando and. It's not really his fault, but in, in points leagues, that hurts. It does. That's why I hate points leagues. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm a rotisserie guy, man, purist. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it does. I mean, you can't drop the guy because he has three losses. That's the fault of the Pirates. And uh, I think they're, you know, whatever's ailing them, the Pedro Alvarez's and the Jose Tabatas of the world will eventually get righted. I mean, you, you know, Eric Bedard's not going to be 0-25. He'll get some wins. Uh, he, I would say he won't be 0-25. Maybe he'll get some more no decisions, He may not I make guess. 25 starts. Uh, <laughs> last guy in the rotation is Joe Saunders. He has pitched twice this year. you got to look at the matchups, Pittsburgh and San Diego. But 14 innings, one earned run, 10 hits, four walks, nine strikeouts, 20% ownership. All right, Al, where do you put him with Umber, Arietta, Samarja, G? Back of the line. He's below all those guys. Back, back of the line, yeah. We saw this movie with Saunders the middle of last season too, and it was a, a movie that didn't didn't have a happy ending. So we're talking about movies again. <laughs> there we go. Read about the Kurt Russell movie. Again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, injuries, news, and notes. Uh, if you're a Jeremy Guthrie owner, he pitched very poorly last night, but he was sick, so you can maybe give him a bit of an excuse. Although he's you know not necessarily that good. Hector Santiago, he blew his. Do you guys disagree with me about uh, Jeremy Guthrie? Uh. You know, he's, I mean, I don't know if he's not very good. He's, yeah, I think he could be decent. I'd like, I'd just like him to find a pitcher's park instead of yeah. you know, Baltimore and Colorado. I think he could be a Jason Vargas type guy in a better park. Hector Santiago, he did blow that save, but Robin Ventura, his manager, said, I have confidence in him to take him out there and let him do it again tomorrow night. So that's good news for Santiago owners. Henry Rodriguez got the save for the Nationals Monday. What do we make of the closer situation there? He and Lidge owned in about 35% of leagues. Well, you know, I, I was ready to lump him in with um, for the infamous Fernando Rodney. Um, 
But I mean, Rodney has had really spotty command so far, but it's gotten you know four saves in spite of it. Uh, Rodriguez looks like he's he's made some improvements, you know. And again, we'll see we'll see if this is you know Jeff Francoeur the the pitching version where he becomes his old self by by May or June. But uh, some encouraging things there with Rodriguez. Who do you want to own? Uh, him or Lidge? Him or I still would rather have Lidge. Yeah, I'm with Al on that one. I, I don't see Brad Lidge being an eighth inning guy, especially with David Johnson as the manager. You know, it's. Brad Lidge is your closer. You give this guy once in a while saves like, uh, like the Mets did after, uh, what's his name, got his 500th save. K-Rod. No, not K-Rod. Um, oh, Isringhausen? Yeah, it let Isringhausen get his, get his save, and then they brought in, I think, who was it, uh, Pelfrey to close? Not no. What am uh, I? You know the situation Parnell. I'm talking about. Yeah, Bobby Parnell Other, to come yeah. in to close. I think it might be one of those things, like, you know, maybe if Lidge is attractive to another team, at least you're giving this guy some experience. Yeah. In football, when they bring the guy in for like one set of plays, the backup quarterback, to get used to it, and then put the starter back in. Uh, A's starting pitcher Tommy Malone is sick. He may not make his Thursday start. Keep an eye on that. Some more notes from around baseball. Carl Pavano pissed me off last night. <laughs> Gave up three runs in the first inning, and then he threw six scoreless with six strikeouts. He's owned in 15% of leagues. Is anyone interested? No, no, zero interest. <laughs> Astros third baseman Chris Johnson hitting three forty nine with two steals. What do you make of the steals, Al? Because he hasn't been a steals guy previously. Yeah, I don't make much of it. Um, I, I think he's you know had a few, but never been a big steals guy. I, I looked this morning. But... I think like three or four. Okay, or well, then like even that, fewer yeah. than I thought. So yeah, no, I'm not going to make anything of it. Two steals, you know. Uh, anybody can pick up a couple uh, in a short period. But here we uh, go, Chris Johnson or Sean Figgins. Johnson. Uh, I got a little faith in Sean Figgins still. A little, little bit. It's Chris, just draining. Chris Johnson or Mike Moustakis? Uh, I'm going to stick with Moustakis. I know I'll get hammered for this, but I really like Chris Johnson. You do, yeah. yeah. Moustakis has not been good. Uh, Chris Johnson or Chase Headley? Headley had three doubles yesterday and scored three times. And Chris Johnson on that one, actually. Yeah, I will too. Two home runs for Matt Wieters. He has four, and he's hitting 344. Uh, one home run for Adam Jones, and he has four, and he's hitting three forty-one. Who are you more impressed with, Matt Wieters or Adam Jones? Matt Wieters, I think. I mean, I, I like Jones better, but I'm more impressed with Wieters doing it. Okay. I, other way around for me. I'm not as surprised <laughs> to see Wieters do it, uh, so I'm more impressed with Jones. Also more skeptical, too. More skeptical? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Danny Duffy, so I, was, <laughs> I had one tweet last night, <laughs> and I was – Typing this sentence, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, I'm impressed with Danny Duffy, or Danny Duffy looks good, or something like that. And at, in the middle of the sentence, he gives up a two-run blast to Brandon Inge, uh, the number nine hitter. So, oops. <laughs> you, but, are, you are incredibly powerful. But I thought, yeah, well, I thought he looked good, actually. Uh, he struck out seven Tigers and six and two-thirds. I'm more and more encouraged by him. He's only 44% of leagues, and I'm really hopeful that he stays in the rotation when they get healthy. I yeah, think he will. I think. I mean, Luis Mendoza has been awful. I, I don't see any reason. Well, I think Mendoza is out of options, but they that, can. That they, is right. But they can move him to the bullpen. He's, I always thought of Luis Mendoza as a, as a long relief kind of guy. Anyway, I yeah. don't know if that's just in my head that I've made up, but it seems more like Duffy is your prototypical starter, mm-hmm. and Luis Mendoza is a long guy, like an Alfredo Seves pre closer kind of guy. Duffy throws hard, Thro- hard throwing lefty. Hard to find. And let's not knock Brandon Inge. I mean, he, he does have power. He does, Even yeah. though he's batting ninth, coming back from injury or whatever, he does have some power. Most added and most dropped here. We'll look at the most added list. There are some Astros outfielders on here. You think they'd be better, number one on the <laughs> They've team. been better than I thought the they team. would be. Yeah, yeah. They got, they got one from the Marlins. Mm-hmm. 
And they took him. How many games went to extra innings? Two? Uh, I think just the one because the Heath Bell one, I think that was regulation. Okay. Uh, most added, number one, is Astros outfielder Jordan Schaefer. 41%. Uh, he's added in 41% of leagues, now up to 54% ownership. What do you think? Well, you know, he's been a disappointment for so long that I, I pretty much had fully given up on him. I do think he can help with steals. But the thing is, because he is a speed guy, I think there's still some potential there for him to use that speed to, to hit for a higher average. But um, he's going to have to show me for more than the first couple weeks. Number two on the most added list is Cardinals starting pitcher Lance Lynn. He's now owning 69% of leagues. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of seeing what he could do in the regular season. Everyone pretty much knew he had that fifth spot. Um, this might stunt Shelby Miller's you know, debut a little bit, but Lynn's good. He's legitimate. Yeah, he's just waiting for Chris Carpenter to come back. But again, I want to see him stay in the rotation. This could be a Danny Duffy thing where someone else gets the bump. Someone else could get hurt along the way. You know, it's it's don't don't be afraid of Lance Lynn just because you think that Chris Carpenter is going to come back and take his spot. No one even knows if Carpenter's coming back. Right. All right. Astros outfielder J.D. Martinez is fourth on the most added list, up twenty nine percent, and now he's owned ninety one percent of leagues. And now you like him? I do. I do. I sound like sounds like I have this Astros thing because I like Johnson. <laughs> I like Martinez. Astro. I like Altuve. Yeah. I like the young Astros. Um. So yeah, no, I I don't. I'm a little surprised by the home run power from Martinez, but uh, no, the guy can hit for average for sure. What's their record? Do you know? Uh two or three under 500. I think I can okay. look it up real quick. No, that's all right. I just wanted to make sure I didn't owe them an apology for saying they. You think they'd be better? <laughs> uh, no. I think they're like four and seven ish, five and six. All right, then I'm I'm comfortable with what I said. Number five on the most added list is Barry Zito. He's owned at 47 percent of leagues. Yeah, those. At least 30% of those people are going to get disappointed. Sort of, <laughs> at the end of the year. Four and six, by the way, for the Astros. All right, Zito or uh, Umber? Uh, I'm going to go with Umber. Umber. Zito or G? I know who Nando's going to say. I'll say G. What do you I'll, think? I'll say G, too. Okay. And number six is Marlon's second baseman, Omar Infante. Infante or Neil Walker? Infante. I don't think Infante's going to keep this power up, but... I still think he and Walker, you know, similar batting average. Uh, I'm going to go Infante, yeah. This week I'll go, uh, go Infante, but at longer term I still think Walker will be the better guy. Most drop list. Number three is Royals outfielder Lorenzo Cain. So he's on the DL. I don't know. Do we have an updated timetable with him? I don't think we thought it was going to be too long at first, right? No, I remember reading something right around the time he went on that he, he, may, not, he may need a little bit more than the minimum, uh, that the Royals wanted to be very cautious with him. And Yo said something to the effect of, this is a guy who uses his legs and his game. We want to make sure he's fully healed. So, you know, maybe uh, two, two and a half more weeks would be my guess. Okay, well, Kane is now down to 59% ownership. And remember, he was the spring training star. So he's someone to keep on your radar. He's being dropped in a lot of leagues. Number four on the most drop list is Brandon Belt, first base and outfield. And um, for the Giants, two good games in a row. Not great games, but good enough. Um, you know, what do you think about him? Um, the, I mean, the fact that he played two games in a row is, I think, that that's where you want to put the big star. They, they've been, uh, you know, Brandon Belt, last year, same thing happened. Up and down, you know, up and down constantly. So uh, I, I don't trust that he's going to play more than three games in a row at any point in the next month or so. Number six is Detroit outfielder slash second baseman Ryan Rayburn. He is down to 45% ownership, and he is hitting 0-6-5. Two for 31, Nando. It's bad. It's no good. <laughs> it doesn't help that Brandon Inge is back now. 
Yeah. Would you keep him or would you drop him? I didn't have him to begin with, so. If you had him in a 12-team mixed league? Uh... I guess it depends on who's out there. I mean, look, if Lorenzo Cain's out there, I'd pick up Lorenzo Cain and drop Rayburn. There's a lot of second basemen in a 12-team league. I think you could pick up that would be better than Rayburn, even at full strength, which he's obviously not been. So I, I would drop Rayburn in that format. Number eight, Pirates outfielder Jose Tabata. Keep him or drop him? I'm dropping him. Okay. Sorry, that was, no, that's all. I got nothing else to add. And number nine, <laughs> number nine is Blue Jays catcher J.P. Aaron Sibia. He's been horrible. Drop. He's owning seventy two percent of leagues still. And, keep, and keep do you know who's him. happy about that? Uh, the catcher in AAA. Well, that? and also don't you think Scott White uh, is maybe a little? Yeah, he's been pimping Travis Darno. Travis for Darno, a while. that was his name. There you yeah. go. Scott White is a Aaron Sibia hater. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you are too, right? Not not to the same degree. Um, and I, I, I like his power. Thank you, Al. <laughs> That's the only thing you're supposed to like about Aaron Sibia. That's the only thing there is really to like, but drop uh, he's him. very good at it. You know what you're getting into when you pick him up. 220, 25 home runs. That's what Aaron Sibia brings to the table. Would you drop him for A.J. Pierzynski? No. I wouldn't either. Worth mentioning, Pierzynski, we said he was a good start this week, and he got off to a great start. He hit a home run yesterday. Would you drop Aaron Sibia for Chris Iannetta? Yes, but I don't, I don't like the idea of dropping Aaron Sibia. Yeah, I'm surprised because, I mean, to me, they're very similar, except Iannetta's not in cores anymore, and uh, I just I, I think he's going to have a miserable year. Really? I, I was seeing it the opposite way, that it seems like Socia wanted Iannetta. Socia's a former catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angels catchers seem to, you know, outside of, like, Jeff Mathis, seem to, kind of, you know, get a little boost for, from, from playing there. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Iannetta. I, I never did, and something this year, I just kind of like him. Sounds you like know, that a, was another example. Sounds where, like a future wager. Another like, future wager. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. Another example of great Al body language because he was like flabbergasted <laughs> when he said I met him <laughs> over Aaron Sibia. He like came out of his seat. <laughs> it's email time. Fantasy baseball at cbsinteractive.com. Please do us a favor. Put podcast in the subject line because you know then we have to like I have to go through the emails and see if it's a podcast email. And, and this actually, this one I'm going to read. I'm not sure if it was a podcast email, but I thought it was funny. Uh, from Johnny Trauma. He says, BABIP is going mainstream. The Nationals broadcast posted the NL League leaders in BABIP during the fifth inning of Monday's game against Houston. P.S. Sell high on Kemp. His BABIP is 500. He's obviously just getting lucky. <laughs> about that, Al? Old dirty BABIP. It's going mainstream. It is. It is. I've seen that, too, in, in some broadcasts. Maybe it was the Nationals for all I know. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, fifth inning BABIP stretch. I like it. All right, uh, here's our next question. It's from Klaus. Love the show. Nando has been a great addition. What a voice. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) There's no Sylvester Stallone, Keanu Reeves. uh, Look, you're Keanu Reeves. It's it's settled. (laughs) Uh, You know who else you are? Let's just keep reading the question. You're Joe from Arrested <laughs> Development. Come on. Really? Will Arnett? Yeah, I thought like, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, question concerning starting pitchers, 16-team head-to-head uh, points league. I have Strasburg, Beachy, Scherzer, Leak, Peavy, Kuroda, Nova, Pomeranz, and Colmenter. I'm concerned that later in the season, Strasburg and Beachy might lose playing time due to innings limits, and the rest is not really rock solid. How would you rate my pitching staff? And would you try to trade one of my first basemen, Hosmer or Teixeira? Um, and what would be a good trade target for Hosmer? Maybe an ace with question marks like Lincecum or Johnson. Oh, I like the way uh, Klaus thinks here. 
Like it a lot um, because, yeah, I, I agree that even with Strasburg and Beachy, I, I, he, he, well, Strasburg's an ace uh, in my opinion, but he's still near the top of the rotation, lacks, uh, I think, quite enough firepower. firepower. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, trade Hosmer because, you know, I think he's a little overrated. And, yeah, Al. Um, Go go for uh, I'm with Al on this go, one. go for a starter with upside. I like it. Okay, would you trade Hosmer for Lincecum? Uh yes, I would. I actually like the Josh Johnson one maybe uh, a little better, but um, we could probably think you know. And actually, Wainwright uh, may be better than both of them. But yeah, I like that route. I'm, I'm with Al. I'd start with Johnson, just see what the guy says, and then you know, I, I think you could get Lincecum for him at this point. In a worst case scenario, you lose Hosmer. You already had a first baseman. You can pick up Freddie Freeman, possibly Brian LaHare kind of well, guy. And he's in a 16-team league. I take that back. You could, yeah. probably, you could possibly pick up Brian LaHare, yeah. first base eligibility, who could give you more power than Hosmer. Maybe yeah. not the batting average. But. Next email from Scott. I am in my first NL-only league. Is Cole Mentor even worth owning? He has been absolutely horrible. It is a deep league where you start 10 pitchers. Wow. Uh, you know what? In that format, I would say because you know, in, in that kind of deep uh, NL only league, I mean, you do, you basically do wind up just taking anybody who's you know got an arm and a pulse, and you know, Colmenter has those. So um, <laughs> uh, he has been horrible. But you know, remember last year too? I mean, we, I wrote him off about three different times, and he came back pretty strong. So he, he's getting at least one more start. Uh, I do think he's still worth owning for now. Keith in Columbus, dear fantasy Earth, Wind, and Fire. But who is who? <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know how to answer that one. Who's the fire? Uh, that's you. Me? Uh, yeah, I think you got Azer, fire. <laughs> that's, that's word association right in my head. I'm looking to get an upgraded outfielder, and I have uh, Teixeira, who I can trade, was looking at Teixeira and Garza for Victorino and Granky. First of all, what do you guys think about that? Giving up to Shara and Garza for Victorino and Granky. Uh, he, so he's trading away. Yeah, he's trading away text. No, I don't like that at all. It's two thumbs down. Okay, so don't do it. His question was, uh, even if he did did it, did do it. One of the problems I have is that I have Gallardo. Is it worth to have my top two pitchers on the same staff? Hey, who cares? Yeah, I agree. No, not, that's, that's, yeah. not seeing the problem. That's not like it's like football. You know, when you got the quarterback and the receiver on the same team, that's a little different. But, the pitchers, but well, we have such arguments on the fantasy football podcast about two is fine, but what if you have the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver? You know, then are you overexposing yourself? Um, hey, check out the podcast. <laughs> Plug it. When is it on? <laughs> We're actually recording today. We're once a week during the off season, and then five times a week during the season. Not to take us too far off track, but you guys got an awesome email because we all share the same inbox with those yeah. emails from uh, from a minister who plays. Oh, really? Yeah, it was awesome. It was from like three days ago. Okay, I haven't read it. I'll probably read it on today. I was show. all excited because I thought it was for baseball. I was like, I'm a minister here, and I'm like, oh, awesome. What's this question? <laughs> a football question. Uh, yeah, he's probably a Tebow fan, you know. Come on, Adam. That's just generalizing all ministers. That's true. (laughs) Uh, All right, here we go. Mike is our last emailer. I have Alex Presley filling in for Morse in my 13-team Roto League. He hasn't gotten me the cheap steals and runs I wanted. Would you drop Alex Presley for any of the following? All right, we'll go one by one. Drop Alex Presley for Chris Davis. Yes. Yes. Dexter Fowler. Yes. David Murphy. Yes. Absolutely. Johnny Damon. No. No. Shelly Duncan. Uh, no. No, unless you can do him as a two-week fill-in. Kyle Seeger. Damon's going to mess everything up. I, you know what? I would say yes to Seeger. Um, I'd be willing to take that chance, even though, again, I think Seeger could lose playing time. Yeah, I'm with Al. 
Now pick one. Davis, Fowler, Murphy, Seeger. Davis. David Murphy, baby. <laughs> okay. He, he's kind of looking for steals here. Oh, not Davis. Then. Hey, Murphy gets steals. Well, People forget that Mur- People think Murphy's just a power hitter. He gets he gets ten steals a year. You know what? Yeah, for the steals, uh, Murphy would. I mean, Davis would be my first overall choice. But if you need any steals at all, then I'm going Murphy. All right, Al. That's how we finish on a high note. There it is. There it is. Okay, I'm trying to think of something you guys could argue about to end the show, but I won't. I'll, I'll we got a bet. It. We got a bet going. Which That's is Carlos Ruiz against Miguel Olivo from because of you uh, because A's are the instigator. <laughs> Why? What did I do? The instigator. Oh, the, oh, that was from last week's show. Of yeah, course, yeah. Of you, course. you, uh, you prompted us to do that. Who's winning that battle so far? Gee, I don't even know. I, I didn't have to look at last night. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are so bad. Who cares? Well, I care now because I don't want to drink this concoction yeah. of Tabasco <laughs> and floor wax and whatever they're. Wait, excuse in there. me. No, it's got to be a food. That was uh, right. the bet. Is uh, people people who watch the show can tweet us suggestions. Uh, the loser has to drink um, a four ingredient blended concoction. Ooh! So far, George got the you know George Sedano picked uh, Tabasco sauce, so one is gone. But we're taking Twitter suggestions for the other three, and the loser has to drink it on air. I'll give you my off air suggestion about the most disgusting stuff. It's got to be drank. a food. It's got to be a food. It's got to be a food that you're putting into it. You mean like a liquid food, like Tabasco sauce? Well, something, no, no, something it edible it. or... It could uh, be sardines. Oh, oh, oh. I see, I see. It yeah. just can't be like uh, like shoelaces, you know. Like, uh, right. But no, licorice no, no. shoelaces are fine. Okay. All right, I'll work on that. <laughs> and work and, on that and all of our podcast listeners, you know, you can work on that too. Red licorice or circus peanuts? No. <laughs> 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 all right, we're done for the day. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs>